Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Nobody's Podcast. It's 2021, and our motto is New Year, New Nobodies. That's because we're starting the year off with our brand new January challenge. We'll tell you why we're doing it, and spoiler alert, it will not shock you. Plus, it's the return of Bachelor in Paragraph and the latest installment of the Nobody's Knows Around, where we attempt to figure out what the hell is going on with Alec Baldwin's wife. All this and more coming up. All right, we're recording. You start. Okay, first of all, do not tell me what to do. Talked right into that one. All right. Hey, guys, I'm Annie. And I'm Bryce. And we are the Nobodies, experts on nothing, opinions on everything. Hey, guys, welcome back to another episode of The Nobodies. Happy 2021. Happy New Year. How are we? I mean, we're we're good. Annie, um, how was your holiday? Oh, my God, it was so nice being home and doing nothing. Wasn't that great? It was the best. You've been doing it for, you did it for four months. Out of I've been doing it for years now. Yeah. It, it appears. I, I, we did figure out that I've spent 15 weeks in 2020 in Nebraska. <laughs> yeah. Which is almost four months. And you actually thought that it would be more. <laughs> I was shocked that it was only 15 weeks. Like uh, that, you almost Maybe you did actually. You no, you were there longer than a trimester of a pregnancy. Okay, um, so let's get right into it. What are your peaks and valleys? I think that we can say that we, the peaks and valleys can be from when we stopped recording till now. You know, because oh, mine okay. didn't happen this week either. Okay, well, my valley happened today actually. Um, but <laughs> my great. what a great start. My peak is just like you were alluding to, like just spending the holidays at home. Um, We had the six of us home, just the six of us for almost a full week. And we haven't had that in so long. So that was amazing. I'm so happy Um, that was your peak because that's what I was going to bring up. That had to be so fun for your family. Like just it was it was a blast. It was a little bizarre because it's just been so long since it was just the six of us and either bake wasn't there or tea wasn't there. Um, so yeah, it was it was really fun, and we were all just like very lazy and hung out with each other the whole time. I love that. So that was fun. Yeah, uh, my valley is that I had to go get COVID tested today, um, which I'm not sick or anything like that. I just, in order to return to work, I need needed to get tested because I've been traveling, um, and so. I went, the place that I normally go, I think I've talked about, is just like an oral swab, like you swab your own mouth. And the one I went to today, because it's nearly impossible to get a COVID test in LA right now, um, was a self-nasal swab. When I tell you, there was a woman outside my window of my car door, like coaching me through what to do. You have to stick this swab, like at least an inch up into your nose, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're dealing with your nose and like your, the proximity of your brain to your nasal passage, it's alarming. So I put it in and then when you put it in, you have to like twist the, the swab. Uh. 
I started. I, got, I, I just want to tell you, chills just went down my spine. Like, just right, I there. got the giggles as I was doing it because it, I had to sneeze so bad. And I said to her, my eyes were like watering. And I was like, oh my God, I have to sneeze so bad. And she was like, I need to do it for 10 seconds. And so I was like, oh, I have to sneeze. I have to sneeze. And she's like, you can do this. You can do it. And then I take it out. And she's like, okay, now the next nostril. Oh. And you have to do it in both sides. And for the second one, I was like so hesitant because I knew what it felt like. And she's like, I'm sorry. It's got to go a little further, a little further. And then she's like, okay, good. Now twist. And I had to sneeze again. My eyes were like pouring water. And, oh I, and I just started laughing because I was like, this is so ridiculous. Um, I mean, it goes really fast, but it was like my nose still like on my left side kind of like tingles. Uh, that's how, that's how I had to do it. When I went back to work in August, they would only allow nasal swabs. And it was, it was the first, I mean, I, you you get used to it every time you do it. But the first time I remember feeling the exact same way, it was like, they just like, okay, jam it up your, it's like, jam oh my it up God. Your like, let it touch your brain. I'm like, why would you need to do this? What well, is my brain going to tell you? If you just stick it up there, it would be fine. But the fact that you just stick it up and twist it is the part oh, that yeah. like oh, really God. got me. I mean, oh. seriously, I'm like shivering now. <laughs> yeah, no, it was not good. So that was my that was my valley, but I feel great, and so I don't think that I have COVID, obviously. But also, they're saying that LA is the most dangerous place in America. Um, so not only because of COVID, but also because of like all the potential natural disasters that could be occurring soon. Oh, good! Can't wait um, to get back there. Yeah, so we're. You know, it's just a good. Oh, so you're moving. You're moving too. Yeah, that's my announcement for the. That's my announcement. Just <laughs> a wild time oh. we're living in. Um. Well, you know my peak, and it, you know it has to be is that I got a Peloton. Welcome to the family. I am gonna be so unbearable once I get this bike. Just the I mean, most annoying. The biggest. Person. The biggest 2020, uh, 2021 announcement that we have is that we are now a Peloton podcast. We are. We are, we are officially a Peloton podcast. I'm already coming up with segments that we can do every week, like something to do. It's going to be a really stupid name, like Peloton something, Peloton party or Peloton. Uh, I'm still workshopping it right now. I'll, I'll throw them. I'll throw them in the text chain. You know that I, you know that I love that. The Peloton's my favorite thing to talk about. Actually, T's doing a ride right now, six feet from me. Hell yes, hell yeah. yes. Tell him good luck. Tell him good luck. I told him that right before. I said, "Ooh, good luck," and he said, "Girl." <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm so excited to get it because I do think. I mean, as as you know, you've mentioned now, LA is still shut down forever, and so it's really it's going to be nice to be just um, completely you know, awful with each other. We're just going to, we're just going to, we're just going to feel, we're going to feel each other. Um, Before you get it, like when you get back to LA, I'm going to come over and help you rearrange your apartment. Okay, great. So that we can like put it in the perfect spot. That would be amazing. That would be great, actually. Um, I, uh, no, but I, I was blown away. Like it was a Christmas present and I was very shocked and I almost embarrassed because of like what's been happening in the world and stuff. But I mean, I, I feel like I was going to buy one. I was just going to buy one yeah. regardless. And I need to, you know, it, it it's just like it, it ultimately I'm going to use it. Everyone keeps saying to me the one thing that like my family's been saying to me, they're like, yeah, you know, like you'll you'll at least you'll buy it and you'll use it. Like at least you'll use yeah. it. Like if I buy, I'm like, but what, what do you, people buy Pelotons and then don't use them? 
I mean, you would be shocked, Bryce, how many Pelotons are for sale, like on Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace and all wow. of that. Like, I'm like, you guys are idiots. Yeah. I mean, I've just written it every day house. since I got back. So I'm not- I mean, just take, just don't do the monthly subscription, then keep it in your house. I know I'm going to write, I feel yeah. like I'm going to write it all the time. I mean, I hope so. Like I'm going to have to, cause I mean, I mean, I do. <laughs> like, so, um, Okay, so that was my peak. And then my valley actually also, my valley happened very recently too. Yesterday, I told, I, you know, again, uh, you love the Peloton. I've talked about this all the time. I love the sauna. I was in the sauna um, in Nebraska. My uh, shout out to Allie Hirschman, who's my brother's girl, my brother Jack's girlfriend. She hooks it up for me. Um, And so she works at this, at a, at a, at a health, it's kind of a health spa place or like massage. Um, like, uh, I don't know what would it be, whatever. This is pointless anyway. Um, so I was in the sauna and like this sauna. So the sauna Burbank infrared sauna is like my jam. That's the best place to go. Everyone yes. in the LA area should go there. They have their saunas go up to 170, which is basically like a, you're you walk out of there feeling like a rotisserie chicken afterwards. You're on the surface of the sun. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I enjoy that. I because I do. I want to get like baked in there. You and, do. Um, so I want my organs to like feel like they're like. Are you gonna? Are you gonna collapse? Are you gonna? Is it gonna be? Is this the end? Uh, that's what I want to feel like when I leave the sauna. That so, is. I never got up to one seventy when I went there. <laughs> that's like actually kind of alarming. Well, my body is out of control. I mean, I sleep with the window open when it's 20 degrees outside and I, it's like, I, and I'm still yeah, because hot. It's, it's trying like, to cool you down from your 170. No, it does, I swear to God. It's like, it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't know why I like to be so hot and then so cold. It doesn't, it's just crazy. Anyway. I'm actually, wait, I'm going to interrupt you again. I'm actually pretty sure that like to make beef jerky, you set it at 170 degrees and like cook it for 12 hours. Oh my God. I'm okay, pretty- well, this is only 30 minutes, so at least that's a little bit better. But um, I – so I decided that I was going to go uh, – I go to the sauna, and it's 100 – and it only gets up to 158 degrees. So I'm like, I need to start – I need to sweat more. So I started doing um, – you know, like calisthenic things in there. Like I started doing like push-ups and and uh, squats and like some sit like some sit-up things that I can do. I mean, it is you're in a smaller box. You're in basically a box, so there's not a lot of room. But um, you're also in the nude. I mean, you're in your birthday suit when you're in there. And um, so yesterday I was doing squats and um, I burned my butt cheek on like the oven thing. On the heater. <laughs> and I now have a welt there. Like and it hurts, actually, actually, it hurts right now. Like, it hurts to sit down. <laughs> I don't oh. know if, like, a flame, like, a flame, like, flew out of some sort because sweat hit the hit the heater and it, like, fl- like it flamed up. And I was like, oh, my God. I felt like a bug and a bit like a spider bite. <laughs> Did... This is going to be one of those moments that your mom later is going to be like, I wish you wouldn't share things like yeah. that. Um, honestly, though, the fact that you were squatting naked, it could have been worse. It could have been way worse. It, it could have been, been way, way worse. worse. Way worse. I could have sent something. I could have sent something. I could have. I'm glad you shared that on this podcast because – now you can never take it back and it'll be out in the universe forever. Agreed. Agreed. Um, 
But like, d- now that you've said it on here, don't tell anyone else. <laughs> You know, somebody, my brother, my brother said that to me when over, over the Christmas break, he's like, he's like, yeah, I said something. I can't, I would tell you, I really can't remember what it was. It was just something outlandish like this. Um, And he was like, I feel, he's like, Bryce, don't tell anybody else that. And and my, my reaction and my response was, okay, that means that I immediately need to say it on the podcast. Yes. 100%. That's (laughs) Because I feel like once it's on the podcast, it like leaves your memory. Yeah. And that's what you need in your life. Exactly. I need yeah. that. I need that. I need to just like let it out and let it go. Yeah, exactly. Very nice. Okay. Well, it's a new year, which means a new season of the show that just won't end, The Bachelor. Yes. With that, it's now time for Bachelor in Paragraph, oh. the segment where Annie and I give our unfiltered opinions about The Bachelor in just four sentences. Annie, will you do the honors? I will. I wrote this yesterday and I wish I would have looked at it before uh, (laughs) because it's not that funny. But I will say it became very clear in the first 10 minutes that Matt is their last ditch effort to save this franchise. And meaning that once again, a black man has to come in and save the day. The producers are completely savage for the limo intros this year, because if you haven't watched, there's a dildo involved. And lastly, if you get eliminated on the first night, don't you dare cry. We had a crier. How did you not think that was funny? All right. (laughs) The fact that Matt's journey to find love follows the love journeys of pilot fucking Pete and catastrophe Claire proves that that the bar is so low for this guy to be good or for this show to have a good season. He's very awkward at times. He doesn't know what to say, and he fumbles his words, probably like he fumbled footballs at Wake Forest. But actually, a, it's a breath of fresh air to see someone on a reality TV show play the reality of their given situation. This is the hottest collective group of women I've seen on the show, and I want to have sex with Moggy's accent. And this has been Bachelor in Paragraph. <clears throat> All right, so... Since it's a new year, once again, Annie came up with a diet and fitness challenge for the month of January. So, Annie, I want you to explain to all the listeners, um, just let's start what it is, and then I want to get a little bit deeper into it after you explain what it is. Okay, so the Nobody's Challenge is um, for the month of January, no gluten, no dairy, no alcohol, five workouts a week, and you get one cheat meal. Okay. So I want to know, first off, how are you doing on it? Uh, So far, so good. I I had my cheat meal on Sunday during the Browns game. And what was it? It was gluten-free mac and cheese. So honestly, it was disappointing. I made it myself and it like wasn't my best work. So that was frustrating. Um, It was a cheat both just because you should probably limit the amount of mac and cheese that you eat in general, just for healthy purposes, but also because it did have normal cheese in it. A girl can only do so much vegan cheese. Um, and so that was my cheat meal. Other than that, I have done all of the um, workouts I've done. I've been very strict on gluten and dairy aside from that one cheat and then no alcohol. Wow. That is so good. I mean, I, I, um, 
I cannot tell you, which is sh- it should not be a shock. It was a shock to me. And I was thinking about this today. I'm I'm such an idiot, but like I, it's a shock to me that alcohol would play such a factor in like my diet. Like I'm always like, why wouldn't I be losing this weight? And it's maybe because I, you know, not drinking a bottle of wine or like eight beers a night. Uh even you though they're literally beers. you pour. Because if you have one glass of wine a night, it's fine. But you pour a 32-ounce glass. Yeah, I know. Well, I can't just have a singular glass. I mean, that's no fun. You, I want to buzz. Hello? See, okay, I think that's what I, I – like, that's why – so when I put this in, when I put this challenge out, I basically didn't give you a choice. I was just like, you're doing this with me. Yeah. Um, but I had a lot of people actually DM me a lot as a stretch, like five. Um, Asking yeah. if I was gonna, you're a nobody, I, remember? Yeah, exactly. Like five people, but genuinely, five people did. Ask. That's nice. That's good. Um, but no, they asked if I was if I had ever considered just giving up alcohol altogether. Um, because I'm really not. This may shock people. I'm actually really not a big drinker. Um, you know you're that. Not. No, yeah, you're not. And really, the only time I really drink is like, well, I mean, obviously, if I go out with friends which we haven't done in a year. Um, but if I'm at like, if I'm with my family or if I'm at like a Browns game or something like that, that's really the only time I drink. I never drink during the week. Um, but because I do drink fairly, I don't want to say heavily, but fairly often when I'm with my family, I, I, I've done sober January the last few years. Um, just because I think it's such a good reset after the holidays and spending time. And so much of the holidays when you're with people is spent consuming alcohol and so um, right now, to answer the question of if I've ever considered giving it up permanently, no, because I don't think that it's a problem in my life. Um, I think it's really good to kind of restrict some of that stuff, but I don't think that it's interfering with any of my life or my goals that I have. So come February 1, I'll be back on <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've thought about it, honestly. I mean, not not super, super seriously, but the fact is, is that it's like – alcohol is what what this what this year what 2020 did was like i was actually able to drink like i mean even though you said my heavy pours are ridiculous i was i'm actually been able to drink more moderately than i used to because when i would go out and stuff all i would do i would just get drunk and i would drink i would only drink one night a week but it would be like 75 drinks and then i would feel terrible the next day and so this kind of taught me all right i can go and have like a couple of glasses of wine or a couple of be- not again not that many but like i can do that and not feel like i have to keep drinking and to like chase this getting drunk and doing all this stuff now that being said taking it out fully now and now what has it been now we're recording this on the 6th so it's been 6 days since i mm-hmm. haven't had any alcohol and it's been really nice you know, I mean, I really, I think I, I like the feeling or, I mean, and I would, I would maybe do like two days a week. Like I had to pick a weekday and a weeknight to drink after this. I'm going to continue doing this because I just don't like, I feel better. My sleep is better. I feel better when I wake up in the morning that I'm not drinking so much. And I just think there's a lot of factors. I mean, you'd think that someone would like come to their senses and know that, but that took t- cutting it out completely but sometimes you need that like you need to go to the far extreme to understand like exactly where you're at and how you feel um because yeah. i i mean i would challenge you even to only have drinks on the weekend right 
Yeah. You know, because like and that, and that's a possibility too. Yeah. And I've never been a person that like came home from work and needed a beer or a glass of wine or anything like that. It's just not. I didn't until this year. Honestly, I never drank during the week until this till 2020. Sorry. I keep referring it to this year. But, but I think that's also because you were alone in your apartment for like five months. And like, yeah. what else were you going to do? I think that's yeah. the majority. Thanks for of- rubbing that in. Yeah, no problem. No, Uh, no, but the one thing that I wanted that I wanted to commend you for, and then I want to get into further as to why you picked this particular challenge. But I think for me, what this has done so far now, again, I got to admit, I have had some slip ups like everything has freaking dairy in it. Like I put dressing on the other night on my salad that had dairy in it that I just didn't look at because I wasn't reading the labels properly. But I will say so I, I have to admit that. But in general, I feel like what this is proving to me is that I'm making better choices for diet. Yes, I'll eat an entire bag of popcorn, but that is probably that is necess- that is better than in certain things. Like I would have, you know, even the other night I went into my parents' kitchen. I was going to eat like pre- I was like, oh, pretzels and hummus sounds good, but I was like, wait, no pretzels. I have gluten. I mean, again. I know. I was going to tell you actually because you texted me yesterday about the chocolate covered almonds. Mm. Um. Chocolate is dairy. Dark chocolate covered almonds or dairy? I believe, I believe what? so. I believe I so. Thought let that me, was the whole thing. Let me double check on the dark chocolate. Okay, also, I, I think any, I need to, I want to take out, I think I need to take out sugar and salt in this diet. Like <laughs> uh, it's I'm not seasoning anything with salt just because sodium is so like oh it's you know, so bad. Just, yeah, I've also I mean, had yeah. a really bad habit of like drinking a bu- a tunch, a, a tunch, a tunch, a tunch, a bunch of Gatorade, Gatorade Zero. I drink Gatorade Zero, so it has ze- it's like ten calories, but it has a lot of sodium in it, which is stupid. But I, I, I love Gatorade. But that's also because I think I have COVID every week, so I'm well, drinking Gatorade you- to be pre- preventative. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have you send an email to the CDC and let them know that you haven't gotten COVID yet because you're drinking Gatorade preventatively. <laughs> I mean, the thoughts that go through my mind are so insane that I just, oh it's like, God. how do I get through the day? Seriously. Um, but yeah, no, I wanted to just say that I think that it's great because I'm just making better choices in terms of like, then I had carrots and hummus or I had, instead of having pretzels or crackers, I had like a handful of something. I had peanuts. You know, there's just, well, it's wild how it like just makes you aware, right? And it makes you think about like every single thing that you put into mm-hmm. your mouth. Yeah. And I think like, sometimes it can be very obsessive. Like I, for example, I cannot count calories because it makes me very obsessive and kind of gives me like a disordered eating mentality. And so that's part of the reason why I don't do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just nice to have something that like makes you aware. Right. Okay. So now I want to know what made you decide to do this particular challenge? Um, Well, it was very selfish because I've been um, advised by my doctor, which I know we're going to get into, um, just to cut out gluten and dairy because of their inflammatory properties. And I'm trying to get my hormones there's, I, I, my hormones are just kind of off and we can get into more specifics about that. Um, but the first thing she said to me was you need to cut out gluten and dairy because it's causing inflammation in your body. 
And so I came up with this challenge because selfishly I needed like accountability partners. Um, And also I think I've heard from a lot of different physicians or like nutrition specialists that cutting out those two things can help with inflammation and inflammation is something that causes illness in your body and sicknesses. And so um, I I just want to say too on this, I'm not an expert. Um, We've had Angie Ashi on here. She's a registered dietitian, (laughs) excuse me, at elite nutrition on Instagram. Elite is E L E A T. If you have any specific dietary questions, direct those to her. I am simply doing this based off of what my personal physician has said to me. Um, And so I just thought it would be an interesting challenge for people to mostly become aware of what it is that they're eating and to just see a difference. Like I don't, I know you have a sensitivity to dairy. I have a sensitivity to gluten. Um, I don't have a sensitivity to dairy, but I do notice a sensitivity in the sense of like an allergy, I might have a sensitivity to it because I do notice that my body just seems to function better when I don't have it. Yeah. And from every aspect of energy to digestion to my skin, everything just seems better when I don't eat those two food groups, you know, and when I do have a cheat or something like that, like when I had the mac and cheese on Sunday, it wasn't like it sent me running to the bathroom or anything like that. Like, there was no huge significant difference aside from the fact that like I did have a headache on Monday and I had, you know, like, it's just, it's those Mm -hmm. subtle things where when you start to remove those food groups, you start to notice that things maybe are like a direct correlation to those foods that you didn't necessarily realize before. Yeah. So why don't you tell everybody? um, So you got your hormones checked recently uh, what was the outcome of that and what, what kind of spurred you to do that in the first place? So what triggered me, it's so weird to feel like I'm being interviewed by you. I know. Well, I, uh, I, I, I mean, this is, <laughs> no, no, I'm glad we're doing it this way because as you know, I am not prepared for anything. So, uh, <laughs> but no, I like how it's, I like how good am I as an interviewer? I mean, you, gosh, you have to be very impressed. I am impressed, but I don't want you to get cocky. <laughs> Um, so this is actually, I was thinking about it today. This has been kind of like a four month, almost five month ongoing process. Um, so what spurred me to get my hormones checked is the fact that I was, I mean, anyone that follows me on Instagram knows that like I work out hard. I try my best to eat healthy, like as often as possible. And I really was trying to lose weight. Um, which I'll touch on in a second, but I just was not having any luck. And so, you know, I just, I was like, well, God, maybe just something's off with my thyroid or something. Um, And so I found this hormone specialist. I was actually honestly listening to a bunch of podcasts and the hormone thing just kind of kept coming up as a reason that people were having some of the symptoms I was having. And it wasn't just difficulty losing weight. I, my energy levels were, I mean, we talked about this all the time on the podcast. Like we were exhausted all the time. I felt worn out constantly. Um, to the point where I would go, I would sleep 10 or 11 hours at night and wake up in the tires or wake up in the morning, still exhausted. Um, so energy was a big one. Um, again, not losing weight. I'm trying to think of, Oh my God, I was so moody. Like my PMS symptoms were horrendous. Um, 
and just things like that. Like there was one, the only way when I went, when I finally went to and had an appointment with this specialist that I'm seeing, um, the only way that I could explain it was like, I wanted to claw myself out of my own skin. Like I didn't feel Uh. like, I didn't feel like I was in my own body. And are you aware of yeah, yes, I am. Uh, when I was PMSing, I was. Um, and so <laughs> I ended up like Shakira, literally. So I was, you know, I did my research, and it just kind of kept coming up. I the this woman that I found that's located in Santa Monica, she actually has like a test that you can take on her website, um, and you just put in like your different symptoms. They ask you questions, and then it tells you like there's a hormonal imbalance possible, and all this stuff. So I basically did that and I had like every symptom of a hormone imbalance. So I made an appointment with her and in my first appointment, the first thing she said was me, to me was cut out gluten and dairy. And then I was on birth control. And so she said, we really, there's nothing that we can really do until you're completely off birth control. Because if there is a hormonal imbalance, your birth control would mask that. So I came off birth control um, and then I had to go get blood work done. And I ended up having blood work done. I saw her initially in September and then I believe I started, uh, I got my blood work done in October because uh, I had to be off birth control for a full, full month before I could get blood work. And then at the follow-up, we went over my results and that, that was in November. And in November, she just based on my blood work, I had um, like my, the male hormones, like testosterone and things like that were on the higher end. And then the female hormones like progesterone and estrogen were on the lower end, um, which has a lot to do with just taking birth control for as long as I took birth control. So for the last, oh my God, since 2013, I was on progesterone only birth control and my progesterone levels were like nearly non-existent. And so that's just because my body. Sorry, progesterone is a birth control pill. So it's a synthetic birth control pill because okay. this, the progesterone is basically like the pregnancy hormone. And so when you're taking it oh, as a form of birth control, yeah. So when you're taking it as a form of birth control, it basically tricks your body and you don't like ovulate. And so because I had been on, on that for so long, my body just kind of stopped making progesterone on its own. Um, and ever again, I want to preface all of this by saying like everyone's situation is different. This is just my personal yeah, experience. Yeah, of course. Um, and so there, you know, there are a lot of reasons that that could be, there are a lot of things that I can do to like kind of get it back on track, all of that. Um, I actually have a follow-up today with her, um, which we'll see what happens then. Um, but yeah, I forgot your original question. (laughs) I mean, I just wanted to know what sort of, you know, what, what made you, what spurred you to to like get your hormones in check and everything else. So it sounds like, but it sounds like you answered the question. I mean, it was just, yeah. So it was just, I had all the symptoms and then it turned out that I did have an imbalance. So where can people go if they want to do what you did and and say they, I mean, even if I'm sure this woman does consults like virtual consults too, if if they wanted to check her out. So her website is Dr. Amersi, A-M-E-R-S-I.com. Um, but honestly, if you're depending on where you're at in the country, I would just Google hormone imbalance, Okay. see if you have some of those symptoms and then search for hormone specialists in your area. That would be the best way to do it. Probably. 
Um, because it is something, in my personal opinion, a hands-on physician would probably be a better bet. Yeah, for sure. Do you think so? Okay, so <clears throat> the you know it, at the end of January, February first, or whatever, you know, you mentioned you were going to go back to alcohol. What are you going? What steps are you going to take, like in terms of hormones moving forward? Is this going to be an ongoing thing? Are you going to do this all year? Are you going to just make this a life adjustment? Um, probably I, it'll be really, I mean, given that it was like the first thing she said to me, uh, it kind of gives me the impression, like, that's not something that I'm going to go back to anytime yeah. soon. I mean, cheating uh, here and there, you know, you're going to, I mean, uh, it's like, well, and I'm gluten and sen- or I'm gluten sensitive anyway. So like yeah. I avoid gluten in general, um, dairy, it's a little bit easier for me to cheat on. Like I said, I just don't have the sensitivity, but I really do want, I want to have kids someday. I want to have like my hormones figured out long before I start trying to have kids. Yeah. So, um, that's I think so that's important. the, well, and I, I think no one talks about hormones, you know, like it's almost, especially, I mean, every female issue is like very taboo, which is bullshit, but we'll talk about that. Well, we all time. know I'm um, hormonal. So. Well, and the thing, that's the thing, like hormones rule everything in our bodies, everything like man and men and women. Like I just, and I think it's something one, I don't think that like the research has been there necessarily, or it hasn't been public knowledge. And now people are kind of starting to realize how horrendous like female birth control is and what it does to us and all this stuff. Being a woman is awful. Awful. I would never Awful. be able to, I would be the worst woman ever. Oh my gosh. Well, even so when I was on that birth control, so now I've been off of birth control since the end of September. I have very few PMS symptoms. And remember how I said I wanted to like claw myself out of my skin. Yes. There was one day a month when before when I was on birth control that I like didn't even recognize my own personality. Like Wow. T would have to like tiptoe around me. I was a nightmare. And I would tell you, I'm like, I am a nightmare today. Yeah. I haven't had that since I came off birth control. Like looking back on That's it, I'm like, phenomenal. oh my God, the way that I was feeling was such a direct correlation to this birth control that I was taking. And it's like, but you can't, going back to what we said, even at the beginning of the episode, like you can't even start to realize that until you eliminate those causes, you know? And yeah. so I, I'm very grateful that like, that I was listening to podcasts and kind of started to draw that correlation. Cause I think otherwise I would have just stayed on birth control and I would have dealt with this in my late thirties, which would have been horrendous. Yeah. I think it's great. And I think what you're saying too, it's like, nobody does talk about hormones. And I do feel like there is this sort of new wave that's coming in. That's talking more about hormones and mental health. And there's other things that we, you know, our parents didn't talk about growing up or didn't mm-hmm. say anything about, or, and, and I think that it's just becoming more on, it's just becoming surface level. Cause it's like, we shouldn't have to live our lives this way. I mean, you shouldn't have to live your life, like feeling like you can't look at yourself in the mirror once a month. Like that doesn't make any sense. Exactly. exactly. So I think I commend you for, for getting this shit in order and, and like at least trying to figure it out and trying to, and trying new things, because I think people get stuck and stagnant in certain, in all aspects mm-hmm. of life in various ways. And, this could be one of them. And you could just, I mean, that's what I felt like. At least I could be like, Oh, I'll just deal with it. Like this just must be like what being an adult is. You're just tired all the time or whatever. And 
there are factors that are swirling around in your body that are making this happen, like like you just mentioned. So well, and there are holistic ways to approach it. Like so quickly in our society, we're quick to like get a medication. And yeah. there are ways to solve it through diet and exercise and all that right. stuff. So that's I think we're gonna get you- hormones because you're you're definitely out of whack again again gold mine gold mine right here do you think do you think that um i mean oh god i don't know what i was gonna say something about the challenge i just think that are are you i i was surprised i was i thought it was great the overwhelming response that we that you in particular received from people asking questions and and people that have jumped on board with this you know so we just want to encourage everybody to continue to to stay vigilant and i'm going to try to do the same it's i mean like i said i've had slip-ups it hasn't been i haven't been perfect but i'm trying my my best i think that's all you can ask for and just you know make make better choices and i think that it will i, I think it, it's definitely affected my mood it's definitely affected my my body and my, um, you know, like my energy levels are better. Everything. I, I, I will say I'm, I'm very, very happy that I'm doing this and I, I, I'm assuming you are too. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I'm mostly just really happy to have someone to like hold me accountable. For sure. Um, but no, I think that's the biggest thing is like, it's all about effort. Yeah. And obviously like not everything is going to be perfect, but it's about effort and becoming aware of what's happening to your own body. Agreed. Agreed. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And we'll be continuing to share stuff like throughout the month of January. Annie, we want to, I want to do an update with you at least every week or on this. Uh, I think we should do an yeah. update every week. And um, if you guys do have any, you know, please hit us up in our, in the Instagram DM or, or any other, any other place that you can find us. <laughs> Yeah, I'm very much an open book. So if anyone can ask me. And you are, don't act like you're not an expert because you are, you do know a lot about this stuff. Yes, you may not have like a degree, a diet, you're not a dietitian, registered dietitian, but you are, you definitely have a lot of knowledge that people can learn from. So I want to, we want to hear it every week. All right. Well, thanks. Okay. Annie, you can like take a break or like you can have like a rest break now. I'll, I have to read the whole thing. Okay. Um, Okay. So now it's time for the latest installment of the nobodies knows around an investigative segment in which these nobodies play gumshoe detectives as we take a deep dive into a complicated subject. This installment revolves around Alec Baldwin's second wife, Ilaria, which is what she refers to herself as the following information comes from an article on vulture.com. Over the holidays, Alec Baldwin's wife, who calls herself Ilaria, was accused of cultural appropriation for faking her Spanish accent and potentially her Spanish heritage for years. On December 21st, Twitter user at Lenny Briscoe tweeted, you have to admire Ilaria Baldwin's commitment to her decade-long grift where she impersonates a Spanish person, followed by a thread of evidence that supports her claim. It turns out that while some of Ilaria's online profiles previously stated that she was born in Mallorca, Spain, many people across the internet had come forward to claim that they grew up with her in Massachusetts. Her name is, her birth name is Hillary Hayward Thomas, and that she didn't have a trace of an accent during her childhood or pre-Alec years when she taught yoga. At Lenny Briscoe's thread provided what appeared to be evidence that both sides of Ilaria or Hillary's family came from Massachusetts as well, and that her mother would have been in med school in Massachusetts when Ilaria was born. Her parents and brother do currently live in Spain, however, and have for a number of years. These claims contrasted the footage of Baldwin's of Baldwin faking a Spanish accent on the Today Show in 2015, which she seemingly forgot the word cucumber 
which she completes with a not inappropriate at all. How you say cucumber. On December 27th, Baldwin responded to the allegations in an Instagram video in which she appears in lounge pants and a low-cut t-shirt. She starts with an admission that contradicts her official bio. She says, I'm born in Boston, and then I spent some of my childhood in Boston and some of my childhood in Spain. I also, she also addressed her fluid accent, saying, I am that person that if I've been speaking a lot of Spanish, I tend to mix them, and if I'm speaking more English, then I mix that. And that this is not something she's, quote, playing at. Baldwin admits that she went to high school in the United States and clarifies, yes, I am a white girl. And let me be very clear that Europe, you know, has a lot of white people in them, in there. And my family is white. Ethnically, that was not, by the way, a slip up. She said, a lot of people in them, in there. And my family is white. Ethnically, I'm a mix of many, many, many things. Culturally, I grew up with two cultures. She adds, the reason why I wanted to take it so seriously is because cultural conversations are a thing we're having more and more. She also calls herself a different kind of Bostonian, which I can't wait to hear what Annie has to say about that. In a new interview with the New York Times on December 30th, Baldwin defends herself and blames the confusion on people misrepresenting her, saying there is not something I'm doing wrong, and I think that there is a difference between hiding and creating a boundary. Baldwin now says her connection to Spain came from her yearly family vacations, declining to go into specifics. I think it would be maddening to do such a tight timeline of everything, she said. My intentions are I'm living my life and my life is created by my parents, my different experiences, my language is my languages and my culture. And yeah, my kids do have very Spanish influenced names. So what is the truth? It seems as though Ilaria Baldwin genuinely believes that she is entitled to claim Spanish culture and identification because her American parents now live in Mallorca. Annie, fire away. <laughs> I mean, oh my God. So... <laughs> Uh, you sent me this that video. Yes. Of her, I, of her Instagram video that I just referenced. Yes. I had seen that previously. Mm. I rewatched it just for the sake of research for this podcast. Um, she is a sociopath. Like, <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> I, like, I, okay. I don't understand what's any different from what she is doing and from that Rachel Dolezal, Dolezal. girl. Yes. There's nothing different. No. Just because Hillary is not dressing up with blackface doesn't mean that what she's doing is not okay. Like, it's horrendous. Yes. Well, here's the thing. What I want to know is what is her reasoning behind this? Like, I mean, okay, I will throw in, you know, an Australian or like South African accent if I'm like drunk at a bar talking to a young chica. Or, or if I'm at Stagecoach. Um, oh, my God. We'll address but, that at another time. But, but like, to, to go on like this, this, this long is truly insane. Like, does Alec Baldwin have some sort of, like, you know, newfound fetish for Latinas? I just, I don't get why she's continuing to do this. Well, the weird part is that he's obviously in on it. Yeah, because he came out and said he was he was defending her, and actually the whole family has the his daughter, her stepdaughter has come out to say something. Um, China Phillips, who is married to Billy Baldwin, who is of Wilson Phillips fame, you got to hold on for one more day. 
that that lady. Oh she, I, I don't know if she was. No, that was Mackenzie Phillips who was raped by her dad. So China Phillips, I think they're related, though. Anyway, China Phillips. So it would be her sister-in-law also came out to her defense. So, yes, I think you're right. OK, but here's my thing. What other option do they have? I Yeah, I mean, like, of course, they're going to come to her defense because if they come out, then it just makes them look stupid because they've obviously gone along with it for years. Yeah. So they have no choice other than to defend her. I mean, what would you do? Well, you wouldn't do it at all. I'm saying like, if she were in the situation. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? What does a different kind of Bostonian mean? Okay. That I don't know. Like the one thing that is interesting to me is like, there is no denying a Boston accent. And if she's like born and raised in Boston, because I think she's born and raised in Cambridge. Yeah. Um, which is, right? I'm pretty sure it was Cambridge. She was born in Boston. I don't know what, I don't Well, Cambridge is just like a neighborhood in Boston, okay. basically. Okay. Um, Cambridge is where Harvard is. So it's like, it's like Long Island City. <laughs> basically. Or Greenwich, Connecticut being New York. Um, <laughs> that was a little, no, that was a little I mean, reference to our, our Bachelor video. Anyway, yeah. keep going. I just think that if that part of it's the weird part to me, I don't know what she means by a different kind of Bostonian, but it is odd to me that she doesn't have even a touch of a Boston accent. Maybe she's trying to mask that. Have you ever tried to, have you ever seen like, I mean, I guess like Mark Wahlberg does it. I like Ben Affleck. Now I'm going back to South yeah, Africa. Yeah, you ben love Affleck. Australia. Ben Affleck, I was going to do Ben Affleck. Um, uh, uh, He's no, but like all of them have had like perfect. Like the departed, the departed, the departed. Exactly. Like that's, it's so distinct. And so, yeah. unless she received like very formal vocal training, which I think all of those famous Boston actors have done, it would, I think for the normal person, it would be difficult. Yeah. Um, I don't doubt that she grew up and spent a lot of time in Spain. Like, why would anyone doubt that? Who cares? Yeah. It's just, kind of the fact that she is claiming that culture as her own that is weird to me yes it's well, that's, that's the problem i mean there's there's the difference between having like a very respectful affinity for a certain culture and that i mean but again this is what's coming into our it, what's coming into our world right now is that all these people are taking different things from different cultures and then claiming it as their own. I mean, you've mentioned several things that black people that black people invented and did, and then white people play it off. Like it's theirs or whatever. Right. And it's like, I just don't understand. Like plenty of people have like native American guard thing, like things in their homes or they, 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 there's several different cultures that have the, that those things you can have certain things that you're like, Oh, I went to Mexico or I, I grew up in Spain. So I'm going to have, like, I have all these things because I did that. It doesn't mean you have to claim a different identity. Well, that just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't there have been multiple accounts, not to interrupt you. There have been multiple accounts of her doing things. You mentioned the cucumber thing when you were giving the rundown, like, yeah, if you are a white girl from Boston, you know what the hell a cucumber is. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like to play it off like you don't, that's an adoption of, like you said, a brand new identity. Right. And that's just quite frankly a mental health issue. 
Yeah. I mean, seriously. Or, and also another thing that I didn't mention, but that was in this was in an article, I think the Vulture article, is that she also claimed to, I think she was like claimed to not know anything about pop culture, not know anything about, you know, before she met Alec or didn't any, all this stuff, like didn't. And then as soon as they got married, she became a correspondent for the TV show Extra, which is like entertainment tonight. <laughs> So how could you be not from not owning a TV to not knowing anything about pop culture to then becoming a correspondent for a pop culture TV show? <laughs> it's just completely ridiculous. Even like the explanation of going by Ilaria because the Spanish people can't say Hillary. I'm like, dude, I saw a meme on Instagram that was something like, um, <laughs> That's so was something like my name in French class was Isabel. That doesn't make me French. It was like something so stupid, but I'm like, this is, it's again, like I said at the start, I think she's, she has some mental health issues and should maybe see a therapist or a life coach. (laughs) But like what? Yeah. I mean, oh God, I don't know. I, I just wanted to know, like, what would you, um, like, what would be the reason behind the, does it make her more alluring as like a, a, as someone who is like a faint, like a, a faint. Oh, I think so. I think that that's like, a, I think that's why she's. Yeah. God. I mean, it's just the lengths that people go, but yeah. Rachel Dole is all, or like Madonna. Remember when she did that fake English accent? Lindsay Lohan I should, yeah. had a fake accent. Yes. Like I should, you have I should, the accent I should, I should that goes in and out. I should adopt an English accent. I think, no, I think that could do not. really well. Yeah, or Australian. Like I could no. do. I could. I could create a whole persona about it. Would you? But I mean, you couldn't out me. You'd have to like. When we are allowed Brisbane, to go, when, no. When we're allowed to go back to bars, if I ever catch you doing that, I will call you out so hard. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I want to be. I want to Alaria Baldwin, everybody. <laughs> I'll allow you to introduce yourself as Ilaria. <laughs> <laughs> she took it one step further and became a man, actually. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I have for us. Um, cool. Well, if you are looking to get in touch with us, follow us on Instagram at nobody's pod at Annie underscore Wilkin at Bryce Advice. It's the same on TikTok. Twitter is nobody's the pod. Same for personals. You can also email us at noexpertallopinion at gmail.com. And please, you guys, if you listen on iTunes, please go and give us a five-star review and let us know what you think. Thanks, guys. We hope you have an amazing weekend. And more importantly, a mediocre week. Thanks, guys. The Nobody's Podcast is produced by me, Annie Wilkinson, and Bryce McClay. It is recorded remotely in small, crummy apartments in the San Fernando Valley. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.